Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Adam. And I'm Amir. And welcome back to Music of Mass Destruction. We are in Season 1, Episode 7 today. And without wasting any time, we're going to get into our first subject. So, Amir, our first subject for today is going to be why bands are getting unnecessary hate. And to start off with, we're going to start with probably one of the most, like, freaking obvious bands that people are probably still talking about today when it comes to this subject and you know that's Nickelback. Okay, so the first band is going to be Nickelback. So Amir, in your opinion, why do you think Nickelback is a band that gets unnecessary hate? Well, I think it mainly comes down to Shad. And the reason why I believe that they get so much hate is because Shad has been the center of controversy the last couple of years, especially in the metal community. Comparing uh, Stone Sour to a knockoff Nickelback, pretty much, and you know, shitting on Corey Taylor's reputation, and you know, Slipknot has a Slipknot and Stone Sour, and Corey in general has a has a very loyal fan base, and for Shad to just come out of nowhere with that claim, I mean, that's it's just bogus. So you know, Shad, he has a little bit of an ego, not gonna lie, but his music is great. In my opinion. Well, let me take that back. He has great music, right? He has great music, but not all of it is great. There are some songs that are extraordinary, and there are other songs that are repetitive, which is another thing. Their lyrics. A lot of people complain that the reason they don't like Nickelback songs is because of their lyrics, right? It's about partying or sex or drugs, and you know, people got tired of hearing about that. Being a rock star. And, you know, people people started to shy away from that because they wanted the band to mature and, you know, take on a more, uh, a more progressive sound. Now, the thing I like about Nickelback is they haven't strayed too far from their original sound. You know, they've always kept true to their roots, and they write music that works for them. Of course, not every song is going to be a masterpiece, you know, but you got those songs that stand out. You, how you remind me. Uh, Fade Away is a great song I hear all the time on the radio. Uh, Someday, that's another great song. You even have them, uh, even have them, you know, making a comeback and going back to their roots and probably one of their best works in years in, in Feed the Machine. So you have some great songs by Nickelback. You even have some hidden gems like uh, Too Bad or songs with some deep messages like Lullaby. I think they're a band that doesn't really deserve the hate. Maybe Shad himself deserves the hate, but not the band as a whole. I believe the band as one collective piece, you know, brings a lot to the industry. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way. I mean, like, it's kind of like you said, you know, the reason, I think a good reason a lot of people like them is just because, you know, they're one of those bands that just hasn't really evolved very much, you know, ever since they started, like in the mid-90s. Like, uh, for not evolving, not changing their sound, uh, 
like I think there's even a claim that someone actually made you know about the band that he, he was doing like he was listening to a lot of the tracks and then at the end of uh, whatever he was talking about he was like at the end of the day you know Nickelback is not the worst band ever they're just the most bland but it's just and it's yeah and again that goes back to the reason you know they they haven't really tried to branch out very much at all if any at all you know in their you know in their pretty much 20 year career so um so that's probably that's that's the person what I think on why they get a lot of hate you know but um I will say this though sometimes I feel that like I guess people hating Nickelback or not liking them very much I guess sometimes it gets to me a little bit just because of the fact that um my uncle who died 10 years ago he was he died in November 2010 uh he was a big fan of the band and during that time, you know, I started listening to them a little bit more. You know, it was like 10 years ago. I was like 16 at the time. And after he died, you know, I started listening to them more. Just because, you know, I knew that he loved them. And I even dedicated the song someday in, into his memory. You know, just because I know that he loved the band. So whenever I, whenever I hear people kind of just shitting on Nickelback like that, it kind of, it kind of just it bothers me a little bit. But just it's probably just because I'm sentimental. You know, just, you know, being, you know, for the memory of my uncle and everything. So that's probably just me, but, you know, it's, that's just personal right there. It's nothing, nothing too serious, but it, it does bother me sometimes. So, um, one more thing about Nickelback before we, before we move on to another band. While everyone, while everyone generally dislikes them, they're actually a big reason that bands today that are well-liked are still signed to the same record label. So literally, there's seven million record sales. They fund every 100 to 200,000 selling releases by other uh, label bands that they're on. So literally, bands like that are going to be such as Killswitch, Opeth, Dream Theater, Trivium, like bands like that. And here's an interesting thing. In a 2008 article, I believe it was 2008. After the band released their last record with Roadrunner Labels, the label announced severe cutbacks to all the other bands that were actually signed to that label after Nickelback had left this label and got signed to another label. So, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go so far as saying that the, you know that they're responsible for holding that label up, but they contributed to that label like for in a big way, and they you know they contributed a lot to keep it to help keep it going strong, you know. So, our next artist is going to be Daughtry. Amir, I'm going to let you take this one, because I'm sure you got some things you want to say about Daughtry. So I'm going to let you take it from here. Well, first off, I want to start by saying that Daughtry, you know, we all know him from being on American Idol. And, you know, even though he didn't win the contest, he still went pretty far in the show. And he's got a great talent on him, man. You know, he's got a great voice. He's capable of making great music. Even in the early days of his band, he re he released songs like "It's Not Over" or you know "Coming Home." Everybody knows that song, right? It's on every military family member coming home video. And you start crying your eyes out. You know, everyone knows that song. Didn't Didn't he make another song called um, uh, "Waiting for Superman" or something like that? 
I haven't listened to that song in a while. I know they play it sometimes at our job on the inter- on the stupid music intercom thing. But and then he has uh, the timbre, which is a great one. And then what about now, which is my favorite from him. But he has some great tracks. It wasn't until a couple of years ago where his music really took a deep line. He started to become more popular on pop stations, and the sound, you know, drifted away from. Well, he started with his origins, you know, his rock roots. So, I think a lot of the hate comes from the fact that A, his music is overplayed, and B, his sound is, you know, it's a very cliche sound. He plays a safe route. He doesn't really experiment with anything, and he doesn't uh, branch out to any new, new horizons. And of course, not every band has to experiment. You know, there's lots of bands that keep their sound over the years, and you know, they, they still sell uh, a bunch of albums, and they do great, and they kept up with consistency. So not every band has to change their sound. It's just that Daughtry made such a dramatic change in sound that he lost a lot of his fan base who were attracted to him for uh, the rock side of things. Yeah, totally. Um, see, another reason I was figuring out that people may may sometimes, you know, actually dislike him and maybe his style of music or something. Personally, I don't have an issue with him. Like, I actually like a lot of his music. But I know, like, some people, uh, some people out there are probably saying um, it's just his his specific genre that he's trying to do, like, for himself. Or it's like, I believe I read somewhere people were just people were kind of describing it as like early 2000s grunge and like mixed with mixed with like country style music and I guess at the time it just it really maybe even today still it's it's probably just not sitting too well with people and this is gonna be kind of ironic me saying this but like I know there's I know there's somebody out there that's saying that like they're they're a little too nickelback for comfort you know he's a little too nickelback and that's probably most ironic thing I can probably say in this episode right now, considering the fact we just talked about them. So, we're going to move on to our next band, and this is going to be the last one in this topic, and this is going to be a big one. Now we're going to talk about Creed. So, Amir, what's your opinion on Creed of why they get a necessity? I think it has to do with the band as a collective whole, because you look at each member, and obviously they've they've disbanded and and moved on to do their own work. But you look at Tremonti, solo, he's an amazing artist, and Alter Bridge, he's an amazing artist, right? Each member of the band is talented. Even Scott, you know, releasing his solo work, I believe, early last year. You know, they they have talent in them. And I think a big reason why the band got so much hate is because they were under the Christian label. You know, they, they played safe music. The music, like Daughtry, it was cliche sounding. Although they did have some songs that really stuck out. Obviously, with Arms Wide Open being one of them, uh, higher, you know. My Sacrifice, my and sacrifice, uh, probably my personal favorite still today, What If. But 
band took a decline over the years. You know, Scott, he struggled with sobriety. He couldn't perform on stage to save his life. I mean, even his singing style, I believe, is the real reason as to why people didn't like the band. Because it, he sings as if he's, you know, impaired. Like he's drunk or something, or he's on drugs. But he, he slurs his speech when he, when he sings, and he's kind of all over the place. Of course, now he sounds a hell of a lot better because, you know, he's sober, he strings himself up. So that, that's good on Scott's part. You know, but I feel like a reunion between the band is it's better left not being done because each member has succeeded on their own, and you know the public just wouldn't want a Creed reunion. I don't think that's something that would be necessary. You know, Creed they had their faith, they had their time, but each member is thriving more on their own than they've ever had in Creed, and they finally found their happiness. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, they already had a they had a reunion back in two thousand nine. They reunited after like five years after releasing their two thousand four record, and they released a reunion album called Full Circle. That's pretty much almost like a send off, you know, to you know to what they become as a band. And you know, you know, ever since then, everyone's off and doing their own thing now. Like you said, and they're becoming more successful. But um, another reason I probably think that the band is get, uh, gets hated still is the fact that all their songs get really overplayed on radio. I hear so many Creed songs on the radio. Not so much not so much as now. Like not so much now as I did before, like maybe a couple years ago. I still hear some songs about them every now and then, but you know, around the time of their you know their decline a lot of, like a lot of radio stations were playing their, you know, a lot of their music and stuff. And uh, Scott's, you know, psychotic breakdown that he ended up having, I don't remember what year that was, but that didn't help their case either. And they were touring, they ended up touring with another band that apparently didn't also let them gain any more. It didn't, it didn't put them in anyone's favor, let's just say that. So it's it's kind of it's it's a whole big mess of everything that's been that was going on pre. I still love their music and everything. I still listen to them from time to time. You know, it's just you know I, I love their music. So I have nothing against them personally. It's just you know they've they, they've had a rocky career, you know. So I'm just glad that everyone's finally doing their own thing now. You know, they Tremonti and then they got Ultra Bridge and. You know, Scott's doing his own solo career. He's doing better. He's sober now again, apparently. And apparently, he's doing well. So I wish I wish them all the best and what they're doing in the future. Oh, been a weird episode so far. So now, I want to switch to another different topic now. So now we're going to talk about our current favorite artists slash tracks that we're currently listening to today. So like what artists or songs have you been listening to, you know, as of recently while we're recording this? I've mainly been listening to a band called Slaves. Now, this band was a band that Johnny Craig was in. And Johnny is a very, very controversial figure. 
in the industry. He's been in multiple scandals. He's had abuse cases against him. But there's one thing I can tell you. The motherfucker got a pipe on <laughs> He can sing, man. Dude's got, dude's got the voice of an angel. You know, his, his music is great. It's just, you know, he, he's not the greatest person. And then they got a new singer, and uh, he used to be an, an old X-Factor contestant, I believe, under Adam Levine. And, you know, Adam Levine has always has some shit to say about the rock and metal community, saying it's never going to take off anywhere. Well, fuck you, Adam. One of your contestants became a goddamn metal fucking rock star. <laughs> but you like that little shit. <laughs> your band's going to hell. Your head band's gone to club Anyway, moving on from that. Uh, the Word Alive as well. You know, Monomania. It's a great, great song. Great album, too. Uh, no Way Out on that album was great as well. And uh, Issues. I've been them to a lot of issues lately. Mainly their album, uh, Beautiful Oblivion. Which, is it the first album without their screamer, uh, Michael, who he ended up getting released from the band, or he left on his own terms, I don't, I'm not sure the entire story there, but, you know, it was a drastic change, they had to move on without their screamer, and don't try to keep their heavy sound, and Issues is kind of a weird band, because it's, it's, it's like R&B mixed in with, um, you know, some metal elements. But they pull it off really well. It, it all flows together so well. And I think Tyler and the rest of the band, you know, AJ and whatnot, they, they did an incredible, incredible job on this album. And this is easily one of his best vocal performances. Nice. Uh, that's crazy. So for me, uh, as of recently, you know, when we're, you know, when we're making episode seven here, uh, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, I've been listening to Wage War's newest album, Pressure. Uh, I just bought it maybe about a week ago or so, and I've kind of been listening to it, trying to analyze it, and because we are going to talk about Wage War at some point, and I just want to listen to the whole record. Uh, I've been listening to the hell out of Fury. You know I fucking love the song Fury. That song just like pumps me up every time I hear it. That's my Doom Eternal song, and I want to start fucking shredding demons in half. <laughs> um... I've listened to a lot of Alice in Chains too, specifically their 2013 album, The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. That's a weird ass album name, but honestly it's a great album. Uh, the song Phantom Limb is probably my favorite from the record. The two songs from that record that I love the most is a song called Stone, and then the other one is Phantom Limb, which is probably, it's really a tie of first place between those two, because I really can't pick one over the other because they're like equally as great. Phantom Limb just like keeps me going. Like it really pumps me up, just like just like uh, Fury does. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Black Sabbath as of recently as well. Uh, I've been listening to their their final album, Thirteen, a lot. Um, I've been listening to Peace of Mind, God is Dead, The End is the Beginning. You know that that's that's just a that's just a great album. Like it, I know we're gonna talk about Sabbath here pretty soon. I think in one of these episodes, so uh, that's definitely gonna come up as another topic. So I'm not gonna go into it right now, but um. Uh, another band I've been listening to is the Amity Affliction. What I think is a really underrated band as of right now. You know, they, um, I think some of their topics that they talk about in other songs, as you know, is, um, 
his thoughts, his the things about suicide and you know uh, depression and things anxiety. like that, anxiety and things like that. Yeah, they they, they make great music. Like I, I I'm listening to their newest record, uh, "Everyone Loves You Once You Leave Them." Came out back in February, Which I believe. Is, that that name alone just tells you that you're gonna be in for the emotional roller Yeah, like I'm I'm listening to the entire record. Forever is by far probably one of my favorites next to Soak Me and Bleach. Those those songs out there are just freaking great. Uh, I've been listening to Amberlin more recently. I've, I've actually listened to a couple songs by them last week. Uh, I've been listening to the crap out of them. I really just miss them just because, you know, they just banded back in 2014. and Their, their music really helped me put in, helped put me into a better place, you know. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of them. Uh, yeah, that's probably about it for me. That's just as of right now. Um, uh, I just recently started listening to Breakdown of Sanity, which I'm really sad about because they disbanded three years ago, and I just recently just discovered them. And I, I just bought their... They released four albums. I think I bought, like, their third record. And I've been listening to the crap out of that. And holy crap, like, I'm dedicating an episode to one of them, to, to that band, at some point. Because that's going to be an interesting one. Out of all the bands that you've listed, is there one song out of all that you would recommend our listeners uh, give a try? All of them. <laughs> I really can't pick one. Like, listen to all of them. I, I think if I had to choose one song, it would be by Slaves. Like I said, you know, Johnny is a controversial figure, but the dude got some pipes on him. He can sing. Listen to the song True Colors. It's a great song. He has a great vocal range. If any, of you, if any of you have ever been through some type of heartbreak or whatnot, it's going to be a great, great song to listen to. I might, have to, I might have to take you up on that. But okay, I'll play along with you. You know, um, I'm on my knees, gun to my head. I had, I had to pick, I had to pick a song. It either has to be Fury by Wage War, or it's gonna have to be the song Hero by Breakdown of Sanity, which is a song you listened to earlier today. That song was, that song had so many fucking riff breakdowns. Like I thought my head was gonna explode. Either one of those songs, honestly, those are those are like I can only narrow it down to those two. So literally, just pick one or even do both. It doesn't even matter. But you, you'll, I guarantee, everyone will love both songs. They, they're really just gonna get your blood pumping. Uh, so, guys, we're gonna take a little short break after talking about a couple of these bands and everything and our favorite tracks. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back and then we're going to talk about uh, another two other bands. So we'll see you right back here in just a sec. And welcome back everyone. Uh, nice to be back from a little short break, and let's continue on with our last two uh, bands. So, Amir, our first, our first of last two bands are going to be Seether. Give me your thoughts on Seether, on how you feel about them. Seether are like Breaking Benjamin. They're a band that over the year continue to keep their sound. You know, they experiment a little here and there, but for the most part, 
is consistency after consistency with this band, and they always put out smashing hits. And even though they haven't changed their sound and they haven't really evolved much over the years, they kept a loyal fan base. They're still doing well off in today's uh, industry. And even with you know the drastic changes in the music scene, they still continue to be one of the top contenders in the industry. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Cedar is just one of my all-time favorite bands. They're like probably in the top five. Um, do you have any favorite uh, favorite specific tracks from each one of their records? Oh man, there's a lot of them. Um, first of all, Fine Again. You know, yes. that song that kickstarted pretty much everything for Cedar. Talks about, you know, addiction, the struggles of trying to achieve sobriety. And it, it's just a really, really heartfelt song. Especially for people who are trying to go through sobriety, trying to beat their addiction. It's a great song, and it, you know, it's very dark, and that's a common theme with Caesar. They always have very, very meaningful lyrics, very dark, but there's always that glimmer of hope in their lyrics. You know, they're always inspiring people to go out and achieve something, to be their best, and that's what I love about Sean's lyrics. Yeah, Sean, like, oh, I, I think I, I can full wholly agree that literally Sean is probably one of the greatest vocalists that you know that's that's currently with the music I listen to today. He is an amazing vocalist. Like his lyrics are always on par. You know, um, I love everything that, that the band writes, including him. Uh, my first track is you know with you. I'm gonna agree with you with uh, you know with um, that song, Fine Again. Such a such a great amazing song. That was one that was one of their first singles, I believe. I might be wrong about that because I don't quite remember. Um, their 2005 record, Karma and Effect. That's the one that spawned uh, the song Remedy. I never I never get tired of hearing that song. You know, like every time I hear that, I, I have to sing along to it. It's just one of those songs that's that's just legendary by the band. You know. Right. Did you ever listen to Remedy? I did listen to Remedy. Yeah, that's 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 such a catchy song. Um, 2007 for them, uh, finding beauty in negative spaces. That I think that album was actually a little tough for the band to make because um, I think it, during production of the album, uh, Sean Morgan's uh, brother he actually committed suicide during the production of the album. I've read about that. Yeah, yeah and so they I think they had to postpone releasing it because of his death and everything. And I think it got pushed back a little while. But, um, yeah, that must have been tough on him, man. Like, it's that's tough. Another song I want to highlight is uh, Broken. Oh, his flavor, too. His, his collaboration with Amy Lee yeah. of Eminescence, who was just a fucking amazing, brilliant singer herself. It has to be easily one of their top songs. The collaboration and the harmony in that song. It works together so well. I mean, Amy Lee is just a beautiful fucking voice, and she she was born to sing easily. Man. Um, let's see another song. The classic, uh, the classic song, "Fake It." Obviously, you know we grew up big wrestling fans. They used it on No Way Out. 
2007, I believe. I believe so. It's like 2007 or 2008. I can't quite remember the year. It might have been seven because I think the album came out in seven. So it might have been around the same time. And on One Cold Night, it's, it's like easily one of the most popular songs on that album. Yeah. If not the most popular. I mean, it's just a great song, man. It has that heavy hit for it. The, verse, the verses are really great. The guitar work of that song is amazing. And I have to point out, um, their cover of Careless Whisper oh. really brings out the dark lyrics in that song. Because, you know, you, you hear the original and it, it takes on a more like romantic feel to it, especially with the saxophone and everything. Mm-hmm. However, Caesar's version, it's, you can hear the just the pain and the cry in his voice. And it takes on a completely different tone from the George Michael version. And I think they did a fantastic job covering this song. It easily is one of the greatest covers I have ever heard. I couldn't agree more, man. Like it's, it was an amazing cover. Um, another song that I that I really liked by them was the song "Breakdown." I think that was on their 2007 record. Uh, I could be wrong. No, I, I'm pretty sure that's it. It was either their 2005 record or 2007. But that right there is a great song too, you know. So break me down if it makes you feel right. Like that song. That song is just it's just kind of depressing a little bit when you listen to it. I mean, honestly, I think it's a great song. You know, a lot of people think it probably has it really has a depressing feel to it a little bit. But honestly, that doesn't take away from the song for me. You know, like Sean's vocals and every see their song. Like, his vocals are just incredible. Uh, moving on to, like, some of their later work. Uh, country Song. Country Song is currently still, as of today, my favorite song by Seaver. The first time I heard that song, because I heard it on the radio when I was coming back from, uh, from out of town, I was about an hour away and I was driving back into town. When I heard that song... I immediately had to look it up for the first time because I think I listened to it the same year it came out and I heard the single on the radio and as soon as I heard it I immediately had to look it up and I instantly downloaded it to my phone because I fell in love with it and I've listened to it ever since what about the album Isolate and Medicaid because for me that was a very different sounding album from you know their roots or where they originated their sound at least Isolate Medicaid, that was 2014. This album came out at a weird time. Uh, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I know uh, there was there were some personal things that were happening to all of us, you know, at the time. But um, when that album came out, I was excited for it. I mean, I didn't have like any, uh, you know, I wasn't really not thrilled that they're releasing a new record. It had been three years since their last record in 2011. Uh, Isolate Medicaid, I think it has some good songs on it. Um, the most noteworthy being uh, the song Nobody Praying For Me. I actually wrote that down because that for me was my favorite song on the album. It is a very, very great song. It's really, really catchy. It'll really, like, the lyrics will really get you going. That's the thing I love about Sean. That dude is a true poet when it comes to lyrics. I mean, he will get you in your feelings. I believe one of, for one of the songs on uh, 
one of the songs on Disclaimer, uh, Sympathetic, I literally wrote down, why does every song on this album make me depressed? <laughs> because, I mean, it, it follows a theme, you know? Yeah. It follows a theme. That's the same album with Broken on it, I believe, right? I believe it was probably the same one. Uh, it was 2003, no, I believe. Disclaimer 2. Disclaimer 2, okay. But Disclaimer 2 was pretty much Disclaimer and then a few extra tracks. Yeah. So, I guess technically it would fall under. So not not too different, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, what's another, what's another song off of Ice Medicaid that, that was a good song? Uh, there's a song called uh, Same Damn Life on that song. That song that song kind of made me laugh because <laughs> there is a chorus that they repeat twice in the song. <laughs> and I don't know if they use like another vo- vocalist or something. Or I don't know if it's just Sean. But the way they deliver these vocals is just freaking hilarious where he goes, I never thought I could be so small. <laughs> That makes me laugh every time I listen it's, to it. It's, 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 a, it's a great song, but like I was watching a music video for it, and you could just tell the sarcasm in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's not a bad song though. It's actually really catchy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really just good. I can't take it seriously every time I listen to that 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 freaking uh, that freaking solo. The little high pitched. Yeah. yeah, the high pitched voice. I don't know if they were just dicking around or if they just got bored and they were just, they were just kind of recording just for the hell of it. And they just happened to put up a recording on the album. They just happened to make it. But it's a catchy song, though. It's like, now, now I'm living the same damn life, and it's a shame. Yeah, it's it's, it's a catchy song. It's it's still a good song. Yeah, the most recent album was 2017, I believe. Poison the Parish. Yes, and this album for me was a return to their signature sound. Uh, my favorite on the album was Betrayed the Grave. Oh, I was just listening to that song just about a day or two ago. And Chong's voice in this song really shines. He has a great vocal range. Another good one on the album for me was uh, Let You Down. Actually, the first single released to promote the album, which was Let You Down. That song is just great in general. Like, uh, I remember, I remember looking online when it first came out, and the music video was weird. I don't know if you watched the music video, but the music video is really weird. It just shows like I think it. I haven't watched it in a while, but I think it shows like just people like uh, just running around and doing stuff like in freaking weird masks. I'm not talking about Slipknot. I'm just talking about like in general, just random people like doing some random stuff and, and while they're wearing weird, creepy masks. But uh, it's a, it's a it's a good song. Uh, probably the highlight song on that album for me is the songs "I'll Survive" and "Sell My Soul." Those are probably my two standout songs because "I'll Survive" is just it's it's got that catchy rhythm to it, you know. Um, and "Sell My Soul," "Sell My Soul" has an incredible, great opening, you know, to the song where it's got that kind of uh, almost like a western type of feel to it with the guitars that they're playing and stuff. And then the lyrics are just amazing. It's like, Is it too late for me to sell my soul unto the devil? Yeah, it's... Seether just cannot make a bad song to me, personally. As long as every member that's still there, and mostly Sean, 
you know, because of his amazing vocal range and stuff. I don't think they can, they, they really can't make a bad song in my opinion. And that's just me, you know, I'm not speaking for everyone. But personally for me, I just don't think they can really make bad music. Because honestly, Poison the Parish is probably the least, one of the least interesting albums that they've actually done. And it's still, like, impressive. If that says anything. So is that, is that everything? You, you, is that, uh, do you want to say anything else about Cedar? No, I think we pretty much touched up on everything. Yeah, maybe one of these days we can maybe touch back on some things, or maybe maybe when they release their next record, which hopefully will be hopefully this year. Next year or this year. I'm, this year. I'm pretty sure it's going to be this year sometime. I'm assuming maybe in, maybe in the summertime or maybe after all this crap of COVID is over. Love those three year yes, and it's been three years since they released <laughs> Poison the Parish. Uh, sometimes I feel like bands just hate me, just because I hate the three year gap. I'm not I'm not going to beat a dead horse, you know, but. It's, it's, it's something I'm still trying to get used to, you know, I'm just, I don't want to be 21 and then be 24 by the time their next album is released, <laughs> you know, if that makes any sense. So anyway, uh, now we're going to go ahead and switch to our final topic of the podcast, which is going to be Shinedown. So, Mir, it's now it's time for Shinedown. Give me your your thoughts about Shinedown, on how you feel about the band, uh, where they're at currently, the direction you think they're heading. They're a great band, man. And they have evolved a lot over the years. You know, they're trying a new, new sound. But they're staying true to their roots. And they're still keeping... True to, to their their rock sound, you know. But Brent's voice over the years has progressed so much, and it's gotten better with age. I think that the future of this band is is gonna be a good one because they're more popular now than they've ever been. Yeah, that's true. Um, what are some of your favorite tracks by the band? Um, well, if I had to choose from. You know, whichever record. Yeah, we can go record by record. Just okay. Yeah, just start from there. On uh, "Leave a Whisper," I would have to say forty-five, just because you know it, it's such a heartfelt song, and it talks about you know personal struggles, and it's a song that everyone can relate to. Great, great song, and um, I just think that it really shows off Brent's uh, capability. But, like I mentioned, you know, throughout the years, as each album went on, you saw the progression of his voice. And yep. you see that on, on their second album, Us and Them, which, for me, one of the best songs on the album was uh, Heroes. Ah, Heroes. Yeah. Heroes starts off, in my opinion, sounding a little bit like Black Sabbath, right? That bass really comes through, and the guitar really comes through, and it has a Black Sabbath sound. Then they hit you with the catchy chorus. And to me, that song symbolizes a tribute to fallen artists because he's talked about how his heroes are now ghosts, but how they still live on inside of him and his memories and whatnot. 
And I think that's a that's a great way to put, uh, you know, fallen fallen role models, fallen well heroes in a sense. Then you go on to what is regarded as their best work, The Sound of Madness. I mean, this is the album everybody knows Shine Down by. Obviously, you got songs like uh, Second Chance, which for Second Chance, I put, uh, this is a song you hear at your local Kroger's playing over the intercom. <laughs> this is a song we hear at work playing over the intercom. Yeah, they play, this is one of a couple Shine Down songs that actually play at our job on the intercom. Um, even the title track is great. You know, Sound of Madness. It's probably still my favorite song by them today. And then we, we can't forget Devour. We, Devour. We can't forget that song. I was, knew about that song because it was in the soundtrack of Madden 09. <laughs> and I used to play the shit out of that game when I was younger. I'm not even going to lie to you, dude. I did too. Like, Madden 09, like... <laughs> like, I, I was... I pre-ordered that game at GameStop. And I literally walked like a good mile, mile and a half to the store just to pick it up on a PS2 copy. You know what I loved about the old Madden 09? Not to get too far off topic, but remember that little that little uh, rewind feature it had? Like, look, if you fucked up a play, you could rewind it back and try again. <laughs> I, loved, I loved that feature so much. <laughs> uh, back oh on the topic God. now. Um, <laughs> what a shame. That song is easily a tearjerker. You know, in the core, he talks about how you shouldn't judge a man for, you know, the way he lived his life, his character and whatnot, something that he didn't have control over. And I think, you know, a lot of us as humans, we're, we're quick to judge somebody based off of appearance and instead of character. And it shows that, you know, we all make mistakes, we're all humans, but every single one of us deserves love uh, the same as the next person. And then you move on to their fourth album, uh, Amaryllis. My favorite off the album was uh, Bully. And I read that Bully was actually supposed to be intended to play in schools. But because of the music video, you know, hanging, showing people hanging and whatnot, it, uh, it was deemed uh, too violent for schools to play. Even though it's, it's an anti-bullying song, you know. Yep. Which is kind of ironic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, another one on there is Nowhere Kids. That song is very catchy, has great guitar, and it's shot full of energy. Dude, Nowhere Kids in the in the middle of that no, it was like either somewhere in the middle or maybe two thirds into the song, but they after they go through their second chorus of the song and they end up getting down into that guitar riff and when when they start hitting those guitar riff notes, I start you, it starts feeling like you're listening to "Killing in the Name" by Rage, Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> because that that solo is instantly what what that solo from "Killing in the Name" reminds me. <laughs> and then this is where I think Shine Down on this album they truly got their martyrs down and you know progressing to what they are, which is a uh, threat to survival. You got songs like uh, "Cut the Cord," which of course was was featured in, you know, WWE. It was the lead single from the album, too. Yeah. Uh, has a very catchy chorus. Then you have, um, How Did You Love, which is a great song with a beautiful message behind it. I highly recommend anybody to listen to that song if they want to get into Shine Down. 
Also, listen to the acoustic version too. The acoustic yeah. version is beautiful. The acoustic version really brings out a lot of the song. Uh, another song in that album would be Outcast. You know, it's very different from your typical Shinedown song, but it, it really starts to pick up as the, as the song progresses. And then last but not least, the latest album, Attention, Attention, easily, in my opinion, uh, one of their best words. It's, it's up there with The Sound of Madness. Now, this song had a bunch of hits. And, and it, was, it was a concept album, you know. Uh, Monsters was my personal favorite off, this, off of the album. Uh, Get Up is another one. Very inspiring, you know. That, I feel, is a really underrated song on the album, is Get Up. Uh, Creatures. That was a great song as well. And then uh, Special. I remember you showed me this one. And this song talks about how everyone has struggles and you're not special for going through something that, you know, probably thousands or hundreds of thousands of other people are going through as well. And you're not alone in the struggle. I really like that message behind the song. Yeah, that's... They've had a they've had a really really big career, man. You know, um, I'm pretty sure they're not going to release their their seventh album until probably 2021 because they've been they've been doing their their albums in three year gaps now, starting from uh, between Amaryllis and Director Survival. Uh, for me, starting off, let's go back to Leave a Whisper. Mine obviously has got to be 45. It's just that's just a classic Shinedown song. You know, it's. You know, they were at the start of the career. That's when you—that's when people first started to hear Brent singing in the band. Um, fun fact: before before they even started the band, you know, um, everyone really credits Brent for his singing in the band. But I'm sure there's people out there that know, but some people that may not know is that um, as much as people admire his voice, can you believe that out of all the time that he's been singing with the band, he's never had one singing lesson in his entire life? It's almost like he was literally born with that talent to sing, you know? He never had one singing lesson. So, uh, yeah, so 45 is probably my personal favorite from Leave a Whisper. Us and them, kind of like with you, it's got to be Heroes. Heroes is just the one song that really stood out to me. It's really catchy. It's also got a, it's also got a really never catchy guitar riff towards like the last, the last, uh, last two thirds of the, uh, the song. Really, really catchy, uh. It's got some good lyrics, you know, there's a lot of rhyming in there, there's, uh, the rhythm is really catchy, you can really tap your foot to it, all the instruments are great, Brent's singing is just on point like always, the man just literally can't sing a bad song. Uh, Sound of Madness, all you know, we're getting back to their, probably their most successful record to date. This is one of those albums in my top, in my list of albums that do not have a bad song. This, this goes on the list with Three Days Grace's Outsider. It goes with uh, 10 Years uh, album Minus the Machine from 2012. This is literally on that list. The Sound of Madness, Shine Down 2008. There's not one bad song on this record to me. Every song is unique in its own way. Brent's singing is amazing. Everyone who performs in the band on guitar, bass, and drums are just amazing. My personal favorite from the album is still the, the title track, Sound of Madness. Um, it's been my favorite ever since the album came out it's still my favorite to today and honestly I'm still waiting for them to actually maybe top that song um, moving to 2012 which is Amaryllis 
It's probably their least heavy album out of all of them. It's like the um they they try to go a little bit different direction than uh you know from Sound of Madness. Sound of Madness was like a really heavy album. Had some softer songs here and there, like um. But uh, let's see, Amaryllis. I like probably about pretty much all the songs too. It's not it's not really a perfect record to me, but it's not bad like by any means. But um, the songs that really stood out to me is the title track Amaryllis. It's a really heartwarming song. It's really emotional. Um, the song Bully, obviously. Um, ironically, that record, uh, when it came out in 2012, uh, I was a senior in high school, and I was um, I have I had an American Sign Language teacher that I was taking my uh, my language course with. Miss Cooper, if you ever listen to my podcast out there anytime, I love you and I still miss you, even though it's been a long time. But I remember buying her the, a, a copy of the CD because at the time, you know. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going around in school and you know she she was really one of those people that was really against like bullying and stuff like that and about you know like spreading the message and everything so i bought her the whole i bought her a copy of the record and i brought it to her and she list she told me she actually listened to the whole album she thought it was amazing and she said you know bully was you know bully was the, the song that really that kind of hit her in the feels you know Well, to continue on that subject, though, you know, like, um, she wasn't really the only one that actually did. Um, I had a hit my history teacher from, uh, from school. Uh, there was a time where we were talking about, um, I think it was the Holocaust. Like, we were talking about World War II and the Holocaust era. And Disturbed had just came out with their album, Asylum. And one of those songs on the album was called Never Again. And the lyrics in that song literally depict about, you know, uh, talking about the Holocaust. And, you know, how uh, I think there's one point in the song where it talks about this, that, you know, at this specific point in time in history, it's like it's one of our darkest times in history. Where, you know, you know, just it, it, it was it was a really crazy song. And the, the way that the way that song is like made and it's got some killer riffs. You know, uh, David's voice is just amazing, you know, with Disturbed. And right at the point we were talking about the Holocaust, um, I downloaded the song onto my phone and I let my history teacher listen to it. And just because, you know, I knew it was talking about the Holocaust and everything, he was really impressed. And I, I really got him into that style of music, I believe. Because I'm, pr- I'm pretty... There's something... He never, he never ever told me this outright, but... I had a sneaking suspicion that eventually, like after I showed him, I showed him a little bit of Disturb, he started listening to more of that style of music. There, there, there's just a gut feeling that's telling me that he did because he really enjoyed listening to it. There was a teacher at my school who, uh, Victor Sandowski, my brother had. I remember my brother telling me that one day uh, he walked into his class during lunch because you know lunch was kind of like a, a free period; everyone could just fuck around and go sit anywhere. But he walked into his classroom to just sit down and chill. And he walks in and he listened to the suicide silence just like on blast. <laughs> I bet that was awkward. Oh, dude. Hell no, that's not awkward. That's dope as fuck, dude. No, like I figured like with the teacher walking in, I figured like something that they maybe maybe wouldn't have been a fan of that type of music. Oh or something. no, yeah, no, the no the teacher was listening to it. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. I thought I thought it was the other way. No, my brother walked in. 
Okay, oh, that's fucking dope. <laughs> that's crazy. But anyway, getting back on topic, I'm sorry, we're, we're straying away too much, but uh, I just wanted to bring up those few little interesting points. But, um, yeah, Amaryllis is a great album. Another great song on that on that album is called uh, I'm Not Alright. Uh, it's a little bit of a softer song, but it's got it's got some ca- it's got a catchy chorus. Uh, all the instruments are great, you know. Brent's vocals, you know, always amazing. Um, you know, no, like I mentioned earlier, nowhere kids. You know, that's that's what that's one of that's a big highlight song from the album. You know, next to Bully and everything. And we can't forget Enemies. The song Enemies like really, really, really pumps you up. But even the music video for that is just violent. It's just people beating the shit out of each other, pretty much. <laughs> So, uh, Threat to Survival, this is 2015, this is their, uh, this is their fifth record, I believe, yeah, it's their fifth record. 2015, another really, really great release, uh, it was a little bit, it was different from Amaryllis, uh, they went back a little bit heavier, but not too heavy, but they did get, they did go back to the heavier side. A lot of great songs on this album, uh, Cut the Cord, obviously, was the lead single from the, from the album, very catchy song, uh, I went out and bought the record day one when it came out. Because I lived right next to a Walmart at the time, so when the day came that it actually came out, I went and grabbed it just like that. I listened to it in the car and everything. Uh, let's see. There's a song in there called Black Cadillac that I think is really underrated. It's a really catchy song. Um, let's see, Outcast, like you were talking about. That's uh, that's a really, really catchy song. I really fell in love with that song in the beginning because it just had that feel that was like, it's it was so damn catchy. You know, because, you know, Brent was kind of like, he wasn't really doing like a rap style thing, but like he's, um, he, he was combining the, he was combining his beats together with his vocals to where like every word that he was saying was matching a beat that was being played. And the fact that they were rhyming, he was rhyming like sentences together and everything, it just made the song really, really catchy. Uh, so last but not least, we're back to Attention Attention, 2018, it's their latest record. It's a concept album, which basically, from what I've been what I've been reading, the album supposedly tells the story of a certain individual who starts off in a really dark place in their life, and as the record progresses, from beginning to the end, the person eventually goes from being in the dark to coming in the light. And by the end of the song, with the last song in the album being called Brilliant. It literally is supposed to tell, you know, the fact that this person is in, like, a much better place now compared to when the album started with the song Devil. Devil, the lead single from the album, fucking amazing. I fucking headbang every time I listen to it. Excuse my language. But there's a chance that this album right here could possibly maybe go on the list as well of songs that really don't have a bad song. You know, albums that don't have a bad song, sorry. But, um... I didn't. I didn't really dislike any songs in this record. You know, like I'm. I'm really kind of just sitting down and thinking about it now. But there's really no bad songs in this album. You know, from the title track uh, to monsters to creatures, get up special. The human radio, I think, is a really good slash underrated song on the album. You know, human radio is just really catchy. It's got a catchy chorus and everything. I re- I really. I I have good. I have good hope for the future of where they're going with their career because you know uh, attention attention was a step up from you know from threat to survival you know because Amaryllis they kind of went they kind of took a softer side 
while they still had some heavy tracks here and there, but they kind of wanted to show off a softer side of their music. And then Threat to Survival, they ended up going back up the scale a little bit, but not too high. And then Attention, Attention, major step up in sound quality when it came to uh, when it came to sound from Threat to Survival to Attention, Attention. And it's been two years since that album's been released. Uh, I'm really hoping they release another record next year, you know, because I'm pretty sure they're doing their records in three-year intervals too. And honestly, looking back at them now, they're still one of my favorite bands today. They're like in the top three to five bands. I've always loved them. I still love them today. I still think they make great music. I still think they send positive messages in their songs. And I'm honestly looking forward to what they're going to do next. Whew. That was a lot, a lot of stuff I had to get out, get off my chest. Amir, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I got one last thing to say. Uh, if you guys, um, if any of the bands we talked about today intrigue you guys, you know, give them a listen. Because these, all the bands we talked about in this episode are deserving of more bands. And they put out great music, with the exception of Creed. Because, <laughs> you know, obviously they're not a band anymore. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are happy they're not a band anymore. Go, go, instead of, you know, you, you can still listen to Creed and everything. Like, you can listen to some of their older work and stuff. Solo work. Yeah, but like, go listen to Scott Stab. Go, go listen to his his newest album, The Space Between the and Shadows. Tremonti. Go listen to Tremonti and Alter Bridge. You know, those are, you know, Alter Bridge is a great freaking band. They're, they're going to be coming up eventually on the show, too. So, uh,. Well, if you're if you only got if you're finished with what you got to say, I guess we're going to go ahead and end episode seven, guys. Uh, look forward to next week's episode. Next week is uh, was originally going to be our finale, but we're we're going to go ahead and announce right now. Uh, I announced this already a little bit, but I'm sure not too many people saw it. But uh, we're going to be extending our podcast season by one additional episode to nine episodes. So next week is not going to be our finale, but we are going to do another episode, and episode nine is going to be specifically an, uh, an album review because now we're announcing that we're going to be doing at least one album review per season now or at least we're going to try to depending on you know certain artists that we listen to if they end up releasing a new record you know in the time frame of when you know we're doing our podcast so for starters right now we're going to pick one and then we're going to do a review on it toward maybe at the end of the season or depending on when it actually comes out so the first one is going to be, which just came out yesterday, when you guys are hearing this on Friday, which is uh, May 15th, I believe, because today is May 16th, Asking Alexandra's sixth studio album, Like a House on Fire. This is going to be an interesting one, I'll tell you that. So look forward to that, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. We're going to have another special guest star on the show. He's, that's going to be making a return from a previous episode that we had. So we hope y'all look forward to that. We hope y'all enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next week.